Welcome to the Hot Ticket Podcast. This is episode 175, milestone episode. On this episode, we break down the crowned heads, four kicks, Kappa Especial. I think this is the last crowned head cigar that we have to review um, as far as like a regular release or like a broad store release in 2020. So without further ado, let's get into it. Say it. Yeah. I'll just say it. Yeah. I have too much ass crack hair. Yeah, I do too. Um, I think there's a, I don't know if it's a Weidel thing or if it's, I think it's an Allen thing. It's, it's, it's getting worrisome because (laughs) I find, I find my ass consuming things like a Venus flytrap would. Yeah. You're like Lent and stuff that just gets trapped back there. Small animals and bugs. Yeah, you're like, how does a ladybug get in my ass crack? Being digested in my ass crack. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. You know what's weird? I was I as you were saying that, I was thinking about um I was like, God, where does all the hair come from? You know what I mean? Because like I'm not like upper body, I don't have that much hair. I have a little chest hair. I have barely any armpit hair. I don't know what's going on. Like I, I yeah. like that that whole thing just I think I evolved past <laughs> getting any sort of <laughs> armpit hair somehow. I mean, I have a luscious full head of hair and I actually have a, you know, a pretty good beard now, but yeah. I didn't. It took me a long time to get this. You know, I'm fucking 33 years old. And how long did it take me to grow a full beard? It's a while. It was a while. I'm still trying to grow mine. But, but I don't the, know. Maybe the, it's like, like, do we grow hair in places that our body through evolution or our genetics through evolution go, those parts are exposed too much to cold. So it begins, it begs to, make me wonder as a, as a generation of Allens and Weidels and so on and so forth, our predecessors, right? right? Of our gene pool. Did like our asses always just sit out in the cold? Like just our asses, just not, our, the, not the upper part. It's like we <laughs> stick our asses outside in the cold to shit or something. Like our whole family's been bottomless for generations yeah. upon generations. Like, it's possible. <laughs> it's possible. I mean, think about it. I mean, we, so, so there's, yeah, there may be something to that evolutionary wise, because I, I've thought it's like the whole thing as far as like long-term evolution. The reason our pinkies are shrinking is because they're just simply not used. Right. Yeah. It's the same thing with hair. Like there's certain parts of your body that no longer need to be protected from elements. So there's a, through evolution, there's a loss of that hair. But for us, it doesn't make sense because from the waist down, it is just fucking bushes upon bushes. And what's crazy to me too, I was, I was thinking about this as you first said, it was like, I was like, well, dad's not hairy. And then I was like, wait a second. Yeah, he is. It's just really light. It's really light blonde. Dad's arm hair is disgusting. I mean, it looks it looks just like thick Cambonian brush, but just, it, it, it almost looks like fishing line. It's like, it's thick and it's coarse and it's, it's just, but it's almost clear. It's translucent yeah. and his, and he's got hairy ass legs too, but he's also missing some parts of the body that are, you know, like us where it just are typically hairy on a lot of men, but just not on us. I feel like we just don't have this even, um, you know, where I think a lot of a lot of guys, it's like spread evenly through their entire body yeah. and it's parceled out accordingly. For us, it's just like everything ran to our legs. Like all of our hair got scared away from our upper body and just like 
fucking went south. It's weird. It's like, hello, neighbors. How are you? It's like, why are you not wearing pants? Oh, us Allens, we don't wear pants. Yeah, literally, it's like a family tradition over the course of hundreds of years. For hundreds of years, our families never wore pants. You know what, too, though? Something to think about is that I think there's a point of which I have probably personally stifled the evolutionary process of creating any sort of generations beyond mine that would actually reduce the amount of uh, hair follicles from the waist down. And here's why. I wear shorts in the winter all the time. And it's because I'm so hairy, I get really hot. Like, I only need warmth in my upper body. I do not need warmth in my legs. Like, I think people think I'm crazy. Like, if I go outside, even if it's, like, 15 degrees out, I only need a coat. I only need, like, a thick jacket and maybe, like, a beanie or something. But my legs are totally fine. My legs never get cold, ever. Like, have you seen, if if you've seen, anybody has seen the movie Teen Wolf with Michael J. Fox? Well, that came who out hasn't? In the 80s. Who hasn't so seen Team there, Wolf? There's, there's many scenes where he transforms and he wolfs out and he's playing basketball, right? And he's right. bouncing up the bouncing the ball up and down the court, slam dunking on people, scaring people. Well, I just want you to take a mental image. If you can remember that those scenes in that movie, just take anything from the waist down of Teen Wolf all the way to the feet. And that's what me and Corey have. Yeah. We're like, yeah, we're like true. upper half is just regular Michael J. Fox. And the lower half is Michael J. Fox wolfed out. Yeah. Like, that's literally how we look. Like Michael J. Fox transitioning into wolf. Yes. Like, the point of which it's, like, kind of halfway in between. Right. Yeah, that actually, um, I think there's some accuracy to that. I think yeah. there's some accuracy to that, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, we got the teen wolf gene. <laughs> the teen, teen wolf gene. The, the TWG. <laughs> hey. Have you been, have you thought about taking up new hobbies? Me? Yeah. I don't think I can afford any new hobbies at this point. Like I'm balls deep, obviously in cigars. And then I just picked up bourbon. Yeah. I don't know why. What is there? Is there something out there that I should be aware of that would, that would pique my interest that would intrigue me to where I, there's no fucking way I could say no. And if you say it has anything to do with any sort of role playing game, I'm going to fucking punch you in the fucking esophagus. I'm going to explode your fucking throat with a roundhouse kick. Nope. You'll be pleasantly surprised. Corey, I've actually taken an interest. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. I don't want to know. <laughs> and, um, I feel like you're going to be like, do you want to go to one of these flip this house seminars <laughs> that they're holding at the Marriott courtyard? Let's start with something simple, okay? I've, I actually started taking up uh, building paper airplanes. <laughs> so, that one looks very aerodynamically sound. This one is a far flyer. It's not a, a stunt flyer by any means, mm-hmm. uh, but it does have distance and it flies straight. This is called the dart. I also um, made this one called the Uranus Mega 3, which <laughs> actually is a stunt uh, plane. Is that the I, ones I like, that like flip and shit? It can do that, yeah. yeah. But I, I built this one because I wanted more of a stunt stunt. Yeah, one. I see that sharp tip at the nose. Yeah. And then uh, this one is like, I think it's called like the Fado plane or something like that. Okay. Uh, and it kind of like, if you look at it from what underneath, fuck, it dude, kind that of resembles look, that of a hawk. It looks like a pigeon. It's like a bird, right? It's kind of like a bird. Yeah, but where's its face? Um, it's some, you know, it's all, it's all, uh, you know, left to the uh <laughs> holder um, and then i made this one's called the star crusher and 
it, this one's Christ, a fun one. This is a fun one. If any of you guys are interested in like taking up a new hobby, uh, uh, paper airplanes is pretty fun. Anyway, so I does that one stuff. fly? That doesn't look like it flies. <laughs> How much? Uh, so I got a serious question for you. The first one seems like the most practical, and I think it's because it's one that I've built in in my uh, in recent years. Yeah. Now the others seem less and less impractical in terms of flight. Um, as you move on, they just don't. If I'm taking anything from the the um, Dayton uh, Wright brothers, who are the inventors of flight, I'm gonna go ahead and say that the last three don't do shit. Mm. Um, maybe. And, uh, so, but then I was like thinking to myself, you know what? I like paper now. I like paper a lot. Um, you know trees have died for our use so i figured like why waste it right so then i then i built a pigeon origami <laughs> hold on i got a question okay serious question yeah there's so many times so many times right where you and i are having discussions throughout the huh. week where you just go i am so goddamn busy like i can't keep up with life how in the fuck have you found the time to build these goddamn paper airplanes in this very impractical pigeon origami. <laughs> um, I don't know. And then I wanna I left the I saved the best one for last. I made you something, Corey. Okay. You wanna see it? Yeah, I'm ready. It's a tulip. <laughs> so it's not a paper airplane at all, is it? It's a tulip. What what prompted you to get into this? <laughs> well, you like 3D uh, paper art? Is that it? <laughs> uh, well, I think it started uh, because the children all wanted to build airplanes. Okay, and I'm like, if we're gonna build airplanes, we're gonna do it the right way. Right, you seem so like I the person spent, who would do that. I spent the entire morning, <laughs> yeah. building paper airplanes in origami. <laughs> For you, the lack of perfection it ceases to exist. Like. I feel like watching kids build paper airplanes not to your standards is probably a very maddening thing. This this one was that looks like a fucking weird banana peeling at the top. Kind of, but it's a flower. Like if yeah. you know, keep in mind, uh, you know, if I had colored construction paper, like right. if this was like a pink or purple, yeah, you can make this, it very intricate. Yeah, it'd be very on point, right? right. So some of these some of these need color. How um, many pieces of paper does that particular thing take? This one, the tulip. Yeah, two. Okay. Two square pieces. So I had to turn eight and a half by 11 sheets into square pieces gotcha. of eight and a half by eight and a half. Do you have like a, was there an origami book that you followed or a website yep. that gave you directions? Yep, there's a website. Yep. Okay. Yep. Interesting. Now do, have, were the kids able to produce their own origami? And did Absolutely you, not. I, I did not allow it. Yeah. I, I didn't think as much. I figured yours I let was them, the I one let and them only. Pick the, I let them pick the one they wanted and then I built them for them. That's hilarious. Um, so to answer your original question, no, I'm not interested. I'm not interested in origami at all. Like in the least there's, there's no part, there's no part of anything that I want to have in terms of org. I just, I have no, I barely have room in my life for the things that I have going on now. And to build things out of paper seems just so meaningless to me. Corey, but origami is so cool. Cool. <laughs> cool. I'm not going to lie. They look really good. They look very nice. Thank you. Very impractical. I'm 
pretty sure that bird doesn't fly. Pretty sure the flower doesn't fly. Well, the the children thought it does. Of course. The children thought it did fly, but it's it's more of a silhouette than it is an actual like right. functioning 3D pigeon. Right. So if you like it doesn't really do anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. But all of these, the all these 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 are all flyers. Yeah. I know those fly. Yeah. There's a video of a guy doing that like at a soccer field or a football field and it ends yeah. up flying and making its way onto the field. It's like the oh, perfect sweet. flyer. It's amazing. Yeah, they're all fun. It's all yeah. fun. Did you fun fl- did you fly any of those outside? We did. I could only imagine how disappointed our audience is in right now the fact that we're talking about fucking paper airplanes and origami. <laughs> But you know what? Get over it. The, <laughs> Tune the, to another fucking line, channel if you don't like it. The, co- the the common denominator of this whole story was like, hey, take up a new hobby. Yeah, of course. Of course. Yeah, Corey's like, funny. I don't have time for a new hobby. No, I, I prob- don't. I don't I'll probably have. bail on this one tomorrow. <laughs> you know, but... <laughs> Yeah, there's um, there's no part of me that has any time for any fuck. I thought you were gonna say something and suggest something really cool that I'd be really excited about. Like, hey, I do you want to like learn how to race F one cars? And I'd be like, absolutely, bro. It's a fucking tulip out of paper. You know, it's interesting. It's interesting that you said, "Are you interested in taking up another hobby?" Because I was actually thinking about this the other day. I was like, I got cigars, which I love, and that don't ever go away. I'm real into bourbon, but that's not really a hobby. I just drink it you know, as I'm doing stuff, right. It's not a hobby. I mean, other than like seeking to find rare shit, which I've really gotten into lately, it's not really a hobby. Like it doesn't consume too much of my time and it's not really anything that you get to kind of build and and learn and explore to a degree. That's like really fulfilling. I actually thought about this the other day. I'm like, what other hobbies can I fucking get into? And then I realized, Oh, I just bought this fucking dog that I have to commit to training literally every single day of the week for the rest of its life. I'm like, that's, a hobby. that's just going to be my hobby. Yeah. It's like parenting and hobbying. Yeah. Yeah, dude. He, oof, we took him to Liberty today. Didn't do so well. Not good. Oh boy. <laughs> this couple of people came up to him and he was like, and I was like, oh shit. Like, dude, it was like, if he was 130 pounds, it would have been the most terrifying thing on earth. Oh like my god! Was, Trying to hold back a hundred and forty pound dog would have been like yeah. It's, it's we're just going through the whole socialization process, and we overwhelmed him today because it's Black Friday, and we went to a place that was just there was a ton of people, and you could see how overwhelmed he was. And I was like, there's certain situations where I was trying to get him out, get him out of it, but you're like walking through people, and people kept wanting to come up and touch him, and I could tell he was just very overwhelmed, like his his brain was like frying, and yeah. he really got defensive and and very uncomfortable and then so he started to take more of an aggressive stance and i was like all right we've we've got to we've got to depart there's i can't keep yeah. him it's not fair to him to put him in those situations at such an early age so and plus the whole thing is like him being out needs to be a positive experience not a negative one so we have to really kind of rethink how we integrate him with people around and all that stuff so i have some some ideas i'm going to do but yeah he um not the best day in terms of his socialization training. It was <laughs> poor it was guy. Like, it was a little rough. Yeah, I mean, there's just some people who overwhelm him. You know, like people stand really tall over him. He's a fucking corso. Even though he's a puppy, he still has those instincts. Like he inherently has that need to like not only protect us but to protect himself. And even as a puppy, it's like if you're arching over him and you're large and you're very bombastic, he's. I mean, you can see it in his face. He's like, uh, uh-uh. uh fuck this 
And like, there was even one kid kind of stomping that got really like close, like not too close to us, probably like 15 feet away. It was like stomping around and like the middle of the courtyard at Liberty. And he was like, like, I mean, it was (laughs) vicious. I mean, it was a fucking vicious ground. Lauren and I were like, all right, we got to (laughs) go. It's time to, time to go. But yeah, he, I mean, other than that, he did really well, like putting him in a very overwhelming situation. He did good, but fuck. Did you, did you buy anything today? I bought absolutely zero. I bought Boba tea, which was really good. Lauren spent only twenty two dollars, so I was very, very wow. Proud. Yeah, yeah. She bought like a shirt, <laughs> so proud yeah. Of her. We didn't, uh, we didn't, we didn't really. I mean, it was more going there for him. We weren't like looking for deals or anything uh, like that. So because yeah. what? Because it wasn't today. Always the day she went with her mom. Yeah, yeah. Typically they go to like Kenwood and shit, but yeah, I couldn't imagine. And here's the thing, like. Like with coronavirus, like we we spent most of the time, I mean, 95% of the time we were there, we were outside, right? So outside, and we were outside with masks on. Like it was like, I wasn't going to take any chances. And, you know, there's a lot of people there. And it's like, one, I think I walked into two stores with Lauren and that was it. And outside of that, it was like we were in the middle of a courtyard the entire time, even with masks on. Because there was an overwhelming amount of people there. There was surprisingly more people there because it was ended up being a nice day. It was sunny and 55 degrees. So it was like a good day to go outside. And I could tell people were like, okay, it's Black Friday, day after Thanksgiving. You knew people were going to be out. You know what I mean? Like yeah. there was no way people were going to sit at home and just be like, like it wasn't going to happen. So um, yeah, so I think for him, it was just, it was, it was too overwhelming and he just, he got really kind of defensive and he was like cowering behind us and sitting behind us and trying to get away from people. So we had to get him out of there. Yeah. But yeah, he'll get, he'll get there. He was really good at hockey. We took him to hockey a few times this past week. He was really good at hockey, but it's also not hundreds of people. You know, there's like people walking, like zipping by him and every fucking kid wants to touch him and every person's like, ah, and they're like in his face. And I'm, so we've, we've got to rethink how we're going to train him. But yeah, it's, it was a, a learning lesson for all of us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I bet. Yeah, it was I bet. crazy. Yeah, it was crazy. So you, so you never went to dad's yesterday, right? Like you just ended nope. up skipping. Okay, good, good man. I thought, I thought maybe you would cripple a little bit and you'd end up going over there, but no, I ended up uh, video chatting with him for the kids good. at like eight thirty at night when we did, when did we got back su- and kind of settled in. Did that suffice as need? Uh, yeah, it was a lot of this. Yeah, I know. Hey, <laughs> Still hasn't figured out how to fucking FaceTime. It's like, dude, you can see yourself. That's the thing. It gives you your own monitor. Like, you know, know. what you look like. What are you doing? Yeah, well, he acts like strange. the speakerphones on his phone are such garbage that he has to, like, put his fucking mouth to it. I know. Like a regular phone call. It's never made sense. Ever. <laughs> like, when he does that, I'm like, Dad, what are you fucking doing? Stop I know. That. I mean, but that's good. He got, he got a chance to see and talk to everyone. That food yesterday was good, but I I didn't I didn't think about this until after the fact. There was no stuffing. Zero. What happened with the stuffing? I don't know. I had stuffing here. That was my that favorite was part. Homemade, and good. it is fucking bomb, dude. I think I had zero stuffing. Zero this Thanksgiving. I never I can't express the kind of disappointment that I have had for the lack of stuffing in my life cuz usually it's just it's like my favorite thing to eat and I was like, "Where the fuck is it?" Like, who was responsible for this? I'd say all in all, it was a it was a good Thanksgiving. It wasn't bad. It was. It was chill. I like a chill Thanksgiving. Yeah, it was chill. Like after you guys left, we stayed there for a little bit and uh, just kind of hung out. And then you know we came home and ate leftovers. We still have because we bought a honey baked ham and turkey, so we have a ton of leftovers here. So I'd probably be eating on it for like the next three days. 
Hell yeah. But it's oh, delicious. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, I thought um I thought uh like having the kids over would be like overwhelming for some people, you know what I mean? Because we usually don't have kids over. Like specifically well, I just I was gonna name one person, but I'm not gonna name their name. Um, but it was I mean, they were great. The kids were great. Like they didn't they weren't out of control. I mean, minus like them banging on the fucking piano <laughs> every five minutes. Yeah. It was actually pretty tame. They were great. Yeah, they were they were getting possessive on toys though, which is like, oh my god, they're not even no. any of your toys. Why yeah, are you I, being possessive? For I saw that more? because yeah, because Elena was like, "This is my birthday." It was like a ball, and I was like, "Wait, what?" I was, and I, I let her go, <laughs> "It's your birthday," and she was like, "Yeah," and I was like, "Are you sure?" <laughs> like, it doesn't seem right, <laughs> which is kind of funny, but yeah, it was you know that's like the worst that happens. I finally got to hold Sutton for the first time literally like i didn't even get to hold her i like for maybe five minutes when you guys came over that one day mm-hmm. so when you're in there playing cards kelsey came out i finally got to hold her for like a meaningful amount of time i was yeah. like jesus Christ. and i told i told kelsey i was like yeah i wasn't trying to be like i was like i'm not i'm not my mom and i'm not the rest of my family so you'll never hear me like why don't i get to hold the kid or like i'm not gonna come like grabbing for shit because i'm not that person I was like, so I appreciate you coming over and just saying like, hey, do you want to hold the baby? Because I was like, yes, I absolutely did want to hold the baby. I just didn't want to be the person to pressure you to hold the fucking kid because that's annoying. Yeah. I know how yeah. annoying that is. Yeah. Yeah. It happened a few times already like that day. It's like, yeah. oh, I got to hold the baby. It's yeah. Like- for, for me, it's like I'll get my chance, but like I don't want I don't want it to be overwhelming. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like because I feel the same way. I honestly feel the same way about um, Carlisle and like Quincy. We're like, mom's like, you know, she'd be like, I want to hold the pug. And I'm just like, dude, he doesn't want you to hold him. Like, he doesn't want to be touched right now. So, leave, like, leave him the fuck alone. Yeah. Like, sometimes yeah. they don't want to be held. So, I was just like, I'm going to just be cool. And then if someone says, hey, do you want to hold the baby? I'd be like, of course I do. But she was like, she was super sweet. I got one last story. Yeah. Because I know we got a review today. A we review, do. people. A we review. Do. Um. My newborn baby, I think, is into body painting. Really? Yeah. Uh, with her own shit? Yep. Not traditional paint mediums, but literally shitting on herself. We put we put her on tummy time, right? Where it's a big mat, and yeah. then she can lay on it. I was gone for 20 seconds, bro. She's covered in I her own feces. Back. <laughs> she has managed to crawl. I didn't even know she can crawl yet, but she literally shit on herself on her back of her legs and in between her belly and everything. Did she just roll in it? it? Smeared it everywhere. Nice, 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 nice. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. All over her chest. And it's like a mustardy color. And so it's like Ugh. where it's like it looks like okay. It, it looks like cottage cheese. If someone's like, I like cottage cheese, even though <laughs> I think it's fucking disgusting. I like cottage cheese so much that I like adding mustard to it and then like mixing it up. That's literally what it looks like. Uh, and she literally smeared it everywhere. Corey, it was in the back of her knees. Like she had a, you know, the crease in the back of your knees. Yeah. There was shit in the backs of her knees. How's that happen? It was in her armpit. It was on her cheek. Like she literally just fucking body painted and like smeared it around and dragged it a good foot. I'm only speculating, but I have a feeling that if I were to go onto Pornhub right now, and look for the top 10 searches 
like what's the Pornhub's top 10 in this particular moment in time? I'm pretty sure yeah. shit body paint is in the top 10. Oh, I'm sure it's in there for sure. So yeah. you may have a Pornhub baby. Yeah. I, 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 I used like eight giant things of, of like paper towels. Yeah. I'm not gonna I lie. Just, that's a little putrid. That's a, and, and then as I'm spraying to clean her, I'm spraying the cleaner. We have this like real soft cleaner that you can use on like skin and stuff for babies yeah. and whatever that we've like made. Uh-huh. And I, as I'm spraying her, she continues to shit on herself. It's like, uh, like a never ending cycle of shit. Oh, just fucking just shit covered. Oh, that's putrid. Yeah. Yeah. That's gross. That's really gross. It's the, the parallels between like, um, it's just funny right now because you're dealing with a growing child. I'm dealing with two grown puppies and the similarities, the parallels between the two are really <laughs> funny. Cause like the first night we had Carlisle, he just took his shit and fucking flung it all over my office. <laughs> <laughs> like there's, there's literally, there's shit outside of his cage, like on the walls. I'm like, what the fuck happened? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The parallels between the two are really funny. Although I don't think your daughter is like, gotten aggressively growly at anybody (laughs) no yeah dude he like he's straight slung his shit that's what reminds me of it's just like what is it wow god it's so weird to me yeah there's 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 worse i mean there's worse things i'm sure it was funny although you have to clean i'm sure it was funny when you think about it like how the fuck baby do this well like everybody's in the living room like playing uno and cards and eat and still eating like well after the party was over and everyone could hear me going, please stop. <laughs> I was like, please stop moving. As I'm trying to pick, clean her up. <laughs> That's hilarious. How was, how was your, uh, uh, Kelsey side? Was it fun? Yeah, it's super chill. Like most people already yeah. left and, and it's another small, you know, family gather, you know, family get together. Right. Um, so it was like really chill when we got here and we're just hanging out and I had yeah, a bunch good. of stuffing and turkey and uh, yeah, it was good. It was yeah. real good. Yeah, the food has been um, minus not getting the stuffing, which I'm severely disappointed in. Like food has been awesome. And I have not, you know, it's weird because I even thought about yesterday because Lauren said the same thing because we got home and we were both like later that night, we we're both kind of hungry. We we did some things when we got back, but and took the dogs for a walk, but. We're like, man, I'm kind of hungry. And I was like, usually Thanksgiving, I'm not. But I realized, like, I only had one plate of food and it wasn't even that big at Debbie's. Like, I, and I had a little bit of dessert, but not that much. I had like a piece of cake and some of those cinnamon rolls. That was it. Like, I didn't really fucking eat that much. I don't feel, usually right now, I'd feel terrible. I'd feel just super fucking bloated and disgusting and like, God, I'm not going to eat for days. And yesterday, I was like real chill on food. I didn't eat that much at all, which is not like me, but. I, I prepped myself too. I prepared myself and got two workouts in yesterday and still I just didn't I didn't feel the need to eat a lot. I don't know. I got I kinda got full a little fast too, so who knows? Yeah, that's true. The only bummer, the only bummer for me, and I thought about this yesterday because I kept seeing people post like friends of mine were like posting pictures of turkeys that they were smoking. And I'm like, fuck, why didn't I do a smoked turkey? Like why Dude, did I not do that? Amazing. Could you imagine and it's not hard at all. Like a smoked turkey would have been, I could have easily done that. It was a decent enough day to like put something on the trigger and smoke it. My neighbor was doing it and I had friends like posting pictures of them doing it. I'm like, fuck, man, I just missed the boat on smoking a turkey. Why did I not do that? But yeah, I just, I don't know. I just never even thought about it. I I didn't think about it until after the fact. I'm like, dude, I have this fucking great smoker. Why in the hell did I not smoke a turkey? It would have been perfect. (laughs) Yeah. 
But yeah, yeah. Chance, uh, unfortunately, opportunities missed. Um, we do have a review today, which is cool. Um, I will prob. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that everything that has been released by this organization in 2020, and that is Crown Heads. I believe this is the last release, main release of the year, and I don't mean like store specials or anything like that. Main release of the year um, that we have to complete. So that's pretty awesome. We're knocking them all out, knocking them all down. I mean, we've been reviewing these goddamn releases since the beginning of the year. And uh, it's it's nice that we're rolling in December and finally going to complete um, the Crownhead Saga release of 2020. And with that, if anybody could guess, which they already know because they heard it at the beginning of the episode, we are breaking down the Four Kicks Kappa Especial. Yeah. Which is yeah. awesome. It's a... Um... Kappa is such an interesting word, isn't it? Yeah, I don't know what kappa means. Does it mean it means head? No, it doesn't. What does kappa mean? Ka- no, I ka- mean I, kaput I, in Latin is head. I I went to the archives again to mm. to try to find out the origin of this kappa that Crown Heads has come up with for the name of this. And I'm thinking special kappa. What is kappa? What does kappa mean? And it didn't take long, you know. I I, I kind of went very uh, uh, Illuminati on this. What's the movie with Tom Hanks where he's like uh, Angels? Of Angels Demons? something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Angels but wasn't there a first one? There was like a there was a part one and a part two. Yeah. What was yeah? What was the first one? I forget. Isn't Angels one. and Demons the second one? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that was the first if, one. I don't know what the other one is. Let's see. Anyways, if we can find out. you 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 keep talking, and then I'm gonna see if I can find it. But I went through some text in a book that I found at this very old library. And what I came across was this, Corey. Have you ever heard of Kappa Beta Pi? Is that like um, like a sweet cream pie? <laughs> yeah, quite literal. <laughs> uh, the movie, the first one is uh, Da Vinci Code. Well, yeah, Da Vinci Code. That's Survey says is. Da Vinci Code. See, this one, when I first heard the phrase Kappa Beta Pi, yeah. I was like, what is this, some sorority fraternity? Right. You know, something like it sounds like that. Not a, to be clear, not a sweet cream pie. No. Okay. But, you know, it was like, okay, well, what is what is John trying to say in this? You know, what is he trying to say? Is he trying to speak to the college kids? Like, hey, college kids, you need to be smoking cigars. Like, we're part of Kappa Beta Pi, right? <laughs> um, right. Uh uh but it's actually not about college students kappa beta pi Corey. kappa beta pi is actually a secret society best known for its wall street chapter that is made up of high-ranking financial executives and the purpose of this organization is largely social and honorific which sounds great the masons sounds like the masons fucking liars like the masons don't do other crazy weird shit come on apparently this group meets like once a year this Mm. black tight dinner sounds like mason sounds like super illuminati shit you know what it sounds like? It sounds like some Jerry Epstein fucking I have my own private island that I transport kids onto kind of thing. Let me let me rattle off some names, bro, of people oh that are God. part of this Dude, secret this, society this of conspiracy Beta Pi. Can we call Alex Jones to confirm what is going on here? Because I think we may be, Chris, you may be unraveling 
a story and history around Crown Heads and its association with this exclusive Kappa Beta Pi secret society. Yeah. Let's write off some names. Some of these names you might recognize, some of you might not recognize. But here's the point of this. Almost all of them are billionaires. Mm. Let's start with the number one that probably everybody can kind of know who it is. Jeff Bezos. Michael Michael Bloomberg, former New York City mayor. Total cunt. Keep going. Total cunt. James (laughs) Kane, former CEO of Bear Stearns. We've got Nigel McEwen, former president of Merrill Lynch. Australian. Yep. Um, then we have Richard Grasso, former head of New York Stock Exchange. Mm, sounds like a corrupt individual. Mark Lazary, CEO of Avenue Capital Group. Interesting. Wilbur Ross, United States Secretary of Commerce. Oh, I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like I don't like how you have a Secretary of Commerce who works for the government, also part of a secret rich society. Continue. Robert Rubin, former U.S. Treasury Secretary and former co-chair of Goldman Sachs. Yeah, a lot of bankers you're naming. A lot of bankers in here. A lot of corrupt individuals, I feel. Yep. Sanford uh, Wheel, former CEO of Citigroup. Never liked him. Never liked Sanford. Yep. Never liked him. But the list goes on and on. It goes fucking on and on. And um, it looks like there's a girl in this group. Uh, which is very... There's no girl billionaires. (laughs) Not that have earned their money. (laughs) Just kidding. Just kidding, Oprah Winfrey. I kind of see one. I think Unless Sally can be a guy's name. Uh, (laughs) It's probably a guy. (laughs) It's like having a guy named Kelly. You're like, she made the list, and then you find out he's got facial hair, and you're like, that's different Kelly. But it just makes me wonder, like, what is Crown Heads trying to say? Yeah, you know what's weird is I was actually looking at the list too, and if you go down and you scroll through the list at ranked 1,052, you'll see John Huber's name there. He's very, very low on hold the on, list. I got to see this. Hold but on. But he made on. the list. I'm scrolling. Hold on. Let me see it. Um, 1,052. I looked at the list. Holy fuck. John Huber is part of kappa beta pi yeah it's interesting the connections being made and listen you know i'm not a conspiracy theorist at heart but there's something bigger at play here holy shit have we taken time to dissect the label on this because we're looking at the four kicks label and you see the crown and there's some intricate patterns to the crown now if i look at the kappa if i look at the kappa beta pi it's actually a it's actually a pretty elementary symbol as I look at it. There's a finger pointing. There's a cup of coffee and a few stars. <laughs> <laughs> and a really weird skeleton key. That means we work hard and we know where we're going. <laughs> and we've got a lot of energy. <laughs> I think there may be some uh, symbolic resemblance here. You might be onto it, bro. I think we should probably not get ourselves in any hot water here. We may want to back off of this conspiracy theory. Like there's like, this is the crazy shit. They said there's an all day initiation that's held once a year in a secluded farm field and involves excessive drinking. Mm. 
Yeah, tell me there's no kids being tossed around at that. Do you remember party. when John talked about his excessive drinking? I do. Yeah. There you go. That could be it. Do you remember? Now he's ma- clean. Now he's clean. Now. Do you remember how many times he said he liked to play in fields? <laughs> yeah. He said it so many times. He's like, I love fields. I love. He's like my. F- he goes, my favorite movie is Field of Dreams. <laughs> His favorite actor is Sally Field. I mean, holy shit! Come on, are we not making a connection here, or are we making a connection here? Where's Alex I Jones? Think, we need him in on this. Infowars, let's do it. I think John's trying to uncover something about this secret society. Maybe he was kicked out. Maybe he was done drinking, and they kicked him out. Like, you don't drink anymore. Get the fuck out. Yeah. But maybe he's trying to uncover some real dark shit going on in Kappa Beta Pi. Mm, that's very and it's possible. maybe found on the label or inside the cigars we smoke. <laughs> it's possible. And with that, we should probably get into it. We should probably Let's get see into what it. unravels. Let's see what codes we find. <laughs> <laughs> um, we did smoke the Four Kicks Kappa Especial in a Robusto 5 by 50 Now, this boasts an Ecuadorian Sumatra wrapper. Nicaraguan binder, Nicaraguan filler combination. Um, price point is actually pretty reasonable on the cigar. I think the Robusto is what, around $9, something around yeah. there. So it's not going to set you back a whole lot of money. $9, I think, is pretty, pretty reasonable for most Crown Head cigars. And I think is kind of the average. I would say in like releases like this, it seems to be the average. Like the only ones that seem to be heightened in price are like, you have like the La Colosseum that came out, which was like uh, exceeded that um, $10 price point. But everything kind of seems to always be, especially the four kicks lineup, always seems to be in alignment in with that 10 or $9 to $10 range. So this is kind of par for the course, I think, in terms of, I would say, um, a new cigar, Crown Head cigar to the market that's under the four kicks brand. Yeah. Hmm. Now, I will say this, and we're not even actually getting into the cigar yet, but I'm going to ask you this question. So the original Four Kicks Bosa Red Band, that's the Habano. Do you like the red or the blue better? Um, I think I like the blue. I do too. The red is obviously more identifiable because it's been yeah. on the market for so long. But I think I like the blue better laced with the gold. I think it's I a better look. I think you should have put the blue on the Habano and reserve the red. Nah, I mean, in hindsight, who gives a shit, right? But I really do like the blue. I think the blue is awesome. Oh, my God. Hold on. Hold on. Michael Bloomberg, James Kine, uh, John Corzine, Nigel McEwen, Lawrence D. Finch, Richard Grasso, the names go on, right? They are all Republicans. And we know that Republicans... No sport the color red right but in this one the kappa beta pi especial sports the blue blue i have to imagine john is sending some underlying message in terms of the association to the secret society is he saying i am no longer one of you i believe that's probably the tale that he's telling now you can't be when societies like this you can't be so forthright in saying or disseminating certain information. That's how you get your head lobbed off. That's how you disappear. That's how you get what we call Clintoned. Oh my god, it makes so much sense. John is the elephant and he's looking at all these people going, "You jackasses. 
because jackasses are the Republican Party. The donkey. Are they? The donkey, bro. It's possible. Holy shit. I can't remember which one's the donkey or the elephant, to be honest. I'm not going to speak to it. (laughs) I should probably know that, but I don't. I'm pretty sure the donkey's... (laughs) (laughs) Wait. (laughs) I think the donkey is Democratic. I think it is. (laughs) So wait. So what are they? So what are we saying? John thinks he's the jackass. I don't know. Um, Yeah, Democrats are donkeys. Republicans are elephants. (laughs) Oh, the story continues. Um, All right, let's get into the breakdown of the cigar, shall we? All right. Um, interlaced with a ton of releases, obviously in 2019, um, the story that has been told, um, whether you believe it's real or not, is that the rapper type of this. So if we were rewind back to 2011, when, when John Huber decided to break off on his own, him and Mike Condor, they're going to make crown heads. They get to release a new cigar right into the marketplace. The four kicks as we know it, the Habana version is what made it to the market first. Um, two blended samples that were released at the time from EP Carrillo were this Ecuadorian Sumatra and the Habano. The Habano is the one, obviously, as I just said, made it to the market. The Sumatra was the one that was denied and declined by Mike Condor and um, John Huber, although I think it was more favored by EP Carrillo. So the decision was Trump. They went with the Habano. So years later... This is the release of that original cigar. So it's hard to say that this is like a newly blended cigar. It's not. It's something that had been in the works previous back to 2011. And this is just its reintroduction into the marketplace. Or I would say it's introduction in the marketplace, but reintroduction as far as like a blended sample. Um, so that's the story that was been told. Do we believe it? Not for should a fucking ya? second. Should you? I don't know. Not for a fucking second. Yeah, I'm not sure that we should. Um, but... Either way, we're here to break down the cigar, subtracting its story from uh, this this whole effort. Yeah. So let's get into it. Chris and the Kappa Special, the Four Kicks Kappa Special. What did you think about the construction on this cigar? I mean, it is pre- it is pretty, man, especially sporting that blue label, man. It's, a, it's kind of like with the Sumatran. It's kind of that milk chocolatey look to it. What was interesting is mine and probably yours as well. There's something there's there's so much texture in that Sumatran wrapper. Like it's bumpy. It's kind of wavy. It it's yeah. not pristinely smooth, right? Yeah. It's got some grit to it. Grit that I would see with like big Connecticut broadleafs, right? Or like a San Andreas. Yeah. It had this toothiness to it. But what was interesting is it had really mild minimal veinage as well. Like it's like it's like sporting the best of like what might be like a traditional Habano or like Connecticut with like mild minimal veins, but got that toothiness, like those heavy fucking wrappers that you can get like San Andreas or like a Connecticut broadleaf. Um, the other thing is, is that it wasn't overly packed either. It was, it, it was, it was well packed, but you know, there's a lot of um, crown head cigars that I could say in complete confidence, especially some coming out of my father factory um, where they're fucking packed to the, the max yeah they like, have a density to them like a, a like very, you could billy club someone and probably kill them with a cigar that's traditionally not indicative of vp Creo cigars though like as much as i smoke in terms of like the la historia 
Um, I just smoked, uh, spoiler alert, have a beer review coming up, The Pledge the other day, smoked the Encore Majestic, and other things in the EP Creo, EP Creo lineup. They never seem to be super dense. There seems to be like, there's a method to the madness, I feel, in terms of like what, how, how densely packed they'll actually make a cigar. Um, most of them are pretty light in the hands. They don't always seem to be overly dense. Not like, so if, like earlier, I, I used the example like the La Ocloción in terms of um, pricing. If you feel the La Ocloción, it feels like a baseball bat. That thing is very fucking heavy. It's very dense. Um, yeah. That's not what this cigar is. I agree with you. Yeah, it's 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 moderately packed, but it's got a little give to it. And it is light. And uh, I think it was a beautiful cigar. I mean, the cap structure was really good on it. I love the Vitola. Um, it is a very nice looking cigar. Yeah. Agreed. Um, I would say I agree with you in most things. The only thing I don't agree with you on is, and this is just in terms of the sample that I smoked, obviously vastly different from one to another. That mine was actually very veiny. I actually wrote in my description, looks like the arm of a dehydrated physique competitor. Um, <laughs> there are an immense amount of fucking veins in my cigar. Um, <laughs> But I will say this, like, I, I actually appreciate, and one thing I, I, uh, a characteristic about this cigar in comparison to like other images I've seen of like people smoking this and even other compas that I've smoked in the past, I've already smoked this cigar, by the way, like yeah, many, many times. This is the first time I'm reviewing it. Um, one of the things about the cigar that, um, I thought was different about this particular sample is to me, it seemed a lot darker and I don't. I don't know why in comparison to the others, this one seems so much more of that rich chocolate than it did more of that like medium chocolate look, but it was very dark. I mean, like air on the side of a Maduro dark. Um, but I do, one of the things that I got out, which I really appreciate, I actually like, like you said, I think you said it perfectly, is that it's very textured. I actually like about that because there's a rigidity to the wrapper that I really kind of liked. Um, and I like the grittiness of it. And I like the toothiness. I like wrapper types like that. Um, one of the reasons I like them is that typically that like thicker, toothier wrapper, I just love the way that it burns. Sometimes yeah. it doesn't burn great in terms of consistency, but I like the richness of the burn. And I like seeing that thick wrapper. And this had exactly that. So from a construction perspective, minus that just the fact that there was just, it was fucking vain city. I mm -hmm. thought it was really, really good. Constructed really well. And I actually made a note that the cap structure on the cigar was fucking on point. It's something that I look at all the time when I look at the cigars. Because to me, like the way that the cap placement is in terms of how you cut the cigar and where you cut the cigar at and those defined lines make a big difference in terms of like, is something going to unravel? Is it not going to unravel? Um, and I've been really utilizing my straight cut more and more and more and more and more. Like Same. I've been a V cut advocate for a long time, but I really like using the straight cut and just really clipping slightly on that top cap. And sometimes the cap is, it's placed just so nicely that you can just flick it off with your thumb. Um, this is one that I happened to cut, but I cut it right on that line and that line wasn't wavy. It wasn't wonky. It was perfectly straight. I, I don't know. I'm a sucker for a great cap structure, so it was worth me noting on this cigar. So I thought the construction on it was fucking awesome, which I would expect nothing else from EP Korea. Yeah, you like good head. I do like a good head. Mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> uh, what did you think about the burn? Uh, I think equally like the construction. I thought the burn was quite amazing. I think it lends itself to the wrapper and as well as the Vitola. Like it burned really evenly. Um, it never ran. Um, it had this kind of like medium dark gray ash, which is, I don't necessarily know if I'm 
always like noticed that about the four kicks right like before but mine like it had it had a, mine at least had kind of a darker ash i don't know if yours did either yeah it was and a dark that, gray and flaky as fuck dude i'm still wearing it all over flaky. my goddamn shirt yeah and like i know the fillers didn't change but it just like it's just something i noticed that i, I was like oh i didn't remember that <laughs> but uh Maybe it's because the Sumatran wrapper on it. I don't know. Maybe that like changed up the contrast. I don't know. But yeah. uh, it was a good two, three puffer. Like, and I'd say probably more on the side of two. Like you could take two quick hits on this and get a great amount of smoke production on it. And it was super airy. It had like the perfect amount of airiness to it. Um, where I think from the slightly under bunching that they did on the blend and the, in the construction, it was just like an effortless smoke the entire time. Effortless, yeah. never an issue. Not once. Um, it never went out on me, never had a run burns, easy, easy draws. I, I thought the burn was equally just as a, a phenomenal as the construction was. Yeah. I, I had a slight tight draw, but nothing that was like a huge hindrance, nothing that was a barrier or an obstacle in smoking the cigar itself. Um, yeah. but what I like to always point out is that sometimes you have a tight draw and sometimes with that tight draw, you have, I'd say less than seller subpar smoke production. This is one of those ones where the, the draw was a little bit tight for me, especially up front, like right when you're getting the introduction of the cigar, but the smoke production was amazing. This mm-hmm. cigar was awesome. Um, I just insane amounts of smoke. I have a whole garage filled with it right now. It is, yeah. I thought was absolutely wonderful. Um, burned evenly. It was very consistent for the most part of the cigar. I got a few little wavy lines towards the end, but nothing that required a touch up that f- I think part of what I liked about the cigar was that flaky ash as it ashed. It was weird to me. And I don't know if there's a science behind this or if there's anybody that's ever kind of explored this further. You know, typically everybody really likes a long ash, right? Like you like, you a lot of people just get a kick out of like a cigar ashing for a very long time and just remaining on the edge of the cigar. And I'm not saying that really challenges the burn line of the cigar, but I think what I really liked about this, um, this smoking experience was the fact that it did flake as often as it is. It almost kind of reset that line every time it kind of ashed. You know what I mean? So there wasn't anything else in there hindering the oxygen and airflow through the cigar and allowed it to burn more evenly maybe than otherwise would have had the ash kind of stayed on. So I kind of like that it was flaky and that it ashed as often as it did because it just kind of kept everything moving. Um, so for me, I thought the burn was pretty awesome minus the slight, the slight tight draw at the beginning. It burns as easy as Kappa Beta Pi was built. <laughs> because this cigar is uncovering the mystery and the madness and the corruption behind this secret society, Corey. Maybe we should just say now that like this is episode 175, and if there's no episodes after this, you know why. Because we're know dead. exactly for why. We're both dead. Yeah, that's right. You heard it. So what did you think about the flavor of this cigar? And and and, and there's a question I want to ask you, and I don't know if you can reminisce enough to say, okay, there's a tons of iterations of four kicks. There's a four kicks Maduro. There's a four kicks Habano. There's now the four kicks Kappa. There's the other iterations like Mule Kick, which is these other limited releases of the four kicks edition stuff. How mm-hmm. did you like this cigar? One, tell us what you liked about the cigar, but what did you what did you find in comparison to the other things that have been released, the other four kicks iterations that have been released over time? 
Um, there were similar flavors from the Four Kicks lineup, mainly just the regular production line that I was like, oh yeah, that tastes like a Four Kick in a lot of ways, right? Uh, what in one of the main characteristics that I got from it that is indicative of what I would say is like the traditional main production of the Four Kicks is the strong amount of bitters and medium spice that comes along with the filler. Um, this, uh, I think the Sumatran on this one brought a little bit more woody and nuttiness to it, um, which I, I did enjoy, but I don't think it was astronomically an improvement on top of a previous four kicks, like regular release. Like I've always cherished the mule kick, the four kicks mule kick. It's almost like anything from 2016 on has been Dude, like the 2000, nobody. the 2018 mule kick is still my mouth and the 19 more. which i believe had the sumatran yeah, wrapper the 19 on it, is fucking incredible like yeah, yeah, yeah. i i i immediately began to judge this one to the 2019 mule kick right. you know just to see if like are they going to be similar i don't think they are at all um in not fact, in the least really i felt like while I while I got this similar notes from the regular production line where I was like, yeah, that's a that's a four kicks. That's right. the innards of a four kicks. I feel like it was still missing something. Um, I'm not sure what the this there was very strong bitterness in it, like up front, and I'm like, change up, so, ch- change to something else. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, and it had a good amount of spice, which I totally love. Like I love I love a spicy peppery cigar, which I think that gives you in this one. Um, but I did struggle with the flavor for a good half of it. Like a good half of it, I was really struggling with it. I was like, oh, it just needs this or it just needs like, I don't know, maybe it needs a creaminess about it, like something yeah. to really smooth it out. It did kind of mellow out. That's different than smoothing out in my opinion. It did mellow out with the harsh bitterness that I got in the beginning like half. Um, but it, I was, it was still kind of a challenging flavor for me. Uh, it, was, it was very one note. It's very four kicks just, um, um, but yeah, it, it was, it wasn't overly wowing. It was kind of like, well, it tastes like a four kicks to me, you know, which is with a slightly different wrapper, which to me didn't lend as many different variations as I was hoping it would with the Sumatran wrapper, which I love. Um, so I think it was a bit challenged. I think it was missing something. It was decent flavor. Um, and I think the aromatics from it were kind of interesting um versus like what i was tasting um but i just i just felt like it was it was just missing one like one additional flavor note or something okay maybe it just didn't offer up enough complexity for you yeah um so i thought this was strange because i what i didn't anticipate about this particular smoking experience because i'd already had this cigar before and i was challenging myself not to reminisce too much about the other times that i've smoked this um, I actually got a nice bit of pepper up front, which I don't think is overly characteristic of this cigar most of the times. I actually quite enjoyed it to the point where it made my tummy turn a little bit. Um, <laughs> uh, not not as not as much as some other cigars that I've had that uh, that certainly brag and boast about how much spice they have up front. Um, but I kind of liked it as like a preamble to get into everything else. I thought it was pretty good. Um, one of the things that I like about it for me in a transition from a little bit of that spice up front, it kind of gets earthy and it gets a little bit smoother and creamy. There's a little bit of sweetness in which I think you get from that wrapper type and it's pretty woody as well. So I think there's like a woody sense that's pretty prominent yeah. in the cigar, which I actually really enjoyed. Um, 
One of the things I liked as well is that like in the second half of the cigar, those things, those characteristics that I like and the complexity I like between those flavors is really amplified on the retrohale. So one of the things that I did, and I actually, I think is probably why maybe it's going to sound like my experience differed far from yours, is that I literally spent the entire second half of this cigar retrohaling it. I wasn't really going back and forth like I usually do just to try to understand characteristics, not retrohaling. And then, okay, I'm going to retrohale every single puff. I get to the point where I enjoyed the cigar so much and mostly that woodiness that I got mm-hmm. that I just kept retrohaling the cigar, which is probably my, my nose is bright red right now. Um, I just kept retrohaling it because I couldn't get enough of that. To me, it was very, to me, it was very complex and it was very dynamic but I think it's probably because the vast the differences in the smoking experience overall. I spent the majority of the time retrohaling the cigar because that's where I got a lot of those really good, impactful, wonderful flavors that mm-hmm. I could definitely see are more subdued if you're not. You know what I mean? So yeah, and I, yeah. So so for me, I actually really like what the cigar had to offer, and really, again, it was almost at that fifty percent mark. It was like all that stuff began to amplify. And so where before, if you're being challenged by like, there's just not enough of this and maybe there's not enough of that, I think on the retrohale, which is a pretty easy cigar to retrohale, it's not one that's going to blow your face off. I just kept doing that continually over and over so I could really get a good expression of those flavors as I was smoking it. And I did that all the way to the end. And for me, all those flavors, although I would say I agree with you in terms of like it's not overly dynamic, most of what you get remains through most of the cigar. I love the amplification of it as you go to the end of the cigar. Now there is a little bit more induction introduction of like an earthiness to the cigar towards the end, which is where I think maybe I got some of the bitterness that I actually quite enjoy. Um, but I thought it was really well balanced. I like that. I like the feel of it a lot in terms of like the progression of flavors all the way to the end. Mm-hmm. Really the only thing that I didn't like about the cigar is that, where I was really enjoying that woodiness. And this is just like a, this is just a, a personal critique, not a critique as far as the overall flavor profile. I was really getting excited about that really, that kind of like slightly charred wood flavor that I just kept getting over and over, both on yeah. the retrohale and not. And it seemed to kind of like where I was like getting more excited about it. I'm like, I'm heading towards the finish line. The cigar is going to go out on a crescendo. That kind of eroded from the flavor profile a little bit. It just became really earthy. And so the retro hell wasn't as fun at the end. You know, it wasn't it wasn't as pleasing. It wasn't as pleasant. But really for the remainder, like for the most part of the cigar, I would say 75% of the cigar, I love the flavors. And I will say this now. All the other times I've smoked the cigar, I've not enjoyed it as much as if I've smoked this time. And the vast, the the big difference between that and the component of which makes it so vastly different is the fact that I spent more of my time retrohaling this cigar, which really brought out great aromatics, great brought out great flavor. So I would say, if you're someone who likes to retrohale a cigar or you're interested in doing so. Um, it's something that you you're, you certainly have to become accustomed to over a period of time. Um, if you can, you're willing to. If you want to get the most out of this cigar, retrohale it as often as possible because you're going to get the best expression of those wonderful flavors. Yeah, I, I did a few retrohales on it, and I was like, yeah, that's I love the aromatic on it. I, I love the smell it's of it. It's super aromatic. Uh, but I did not spend a majority of my time going 
the retro hail. Dude, I, got, I literally got the halfway point and I was like, there's no other way to smoke this cigar. This is, <laughs> this is how you have to smoke this cigar. This, if you want the best profile flavors, you've, you've, I mean, you've just got to do it. That's where the intensity kicks up and it's not overwhelming, but it's just so rich and it's so deep and it's complex. To me, it was like, that's where the cigar shines. It should, it shines in the retro hail. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say if you've got the sniffer for it, people, you got to do the sniffer. I, I got a one. big ass nose with great airway passages. <laughs> so retrohaling for me is something that <laughs> not only do I do often, but it's like it, it's obviously preferable. It's I don't find it challenging in the least um, yeah. as I once did. So I'd say if you're uh, if you're a cigar smoker, um, I would say a seasoned one and that's a common practice for you do it. And I would say if you're not and you just like to smoke cigars, I would say in a more of a regular fashion, challenge yourself to just let a little bit of that smoke go through your nasal passages. I think you'll find that the combination of the senses of your nose and your mouth are really going to be the best expression of the wonderful flavors this cigar has to offer. Yeah. And if you need tips on how to retrohale, sometimes I, t- I, I like to tell my students, like you got, you know, like you like, um, I just spit all over my laptop. Um, when you make that noise, yeah. that's you pushing your tongue to the roof of your mouth. When you do that, you actually force air away from the esophagus and through your nasal passages. And that helps. And you yeah. just go, you know, <laughs> and you just blow out the nose. Yeah. And that's a great way to retrohale. I say there's certain cigars where you're, I say it's like baby step type of thing. This is an easy cigar, in my opinion, to to get the retrohale on. Yeah. Um, so that being said, we come to the price point of this cigar. I said earlier that it's, it's very much in line, yep. not only with, I would say, most traditional crown head cigars, which never really surpass, I would say, a very inflated price point, Um this one landing right at that average, um, you're going to pay nine to nine fifty for this cigar. Chris, what did you think about the price overall given the experience? Um, uh, for me, uh, I thought it was a little high, but it was still one of those highs where it's like, I've got, I've got some toleration. I've got some tolerance for that. I thought the price point was good. It might be a little high for, for, for me, but, um, I thought it was, I think, I think it was in the ballpark. It was in the ballpark of where it should have been. Okay. So I was good with the price. Yeah, I'm good with the price too. I think it's not only in alignment, but just given how much I really like the cigar, and it's not it's not my favorite Crown Heads. I would just come out and say right now, it's um, I'm not sure that it would make the top five. I don't even know if it'd make the top ten. But that's also amongst really good cigars, right? Um, but for me, I kind of like the fact that it was like such an easy type of approach cigar. It's like it's like the first time, it's like the first time you get a hooker. Like you're you're timid. You're filled with anxiety. How's this experience going to be, right? But you want that hooker that's going to calm you and relax you and just ease you into the experience and really just yeah. hold your hand through the process and just make you feel comfortable all the way through. That's what this cigar was for me. It was a this, really nice hooker. Hey, is this your first time, honey? <laughs> is this your first time? I didn't say Third Street Dayton hooker. I just said oh. hooker. Oh, um, yeah, like to me, it was just, it was very sensible and just easy. I liked it. And honestly, it's, it's weird oh, to me now because <laughs> I'd had this, <laughs> I had this cigar. So like, no, I don't want to say so many times before, maybe three or four times before I really just sat down and like thought about it and reviewed it. And now there's no way I could smoke it any other way. It's retro hail city, you know, retro hail 2020. 
that's how I'm going to smoke this cigar going forward because that that is the best way to get the flavors that you want to get out of it. Yeah, don't mind the stretch marks, honey. Just feel up them tits, okay? <laughs> your fucking <laughs> did your hooker have emphysema? One of those voice boxes? Oh yeah, she's a heavy smoker. She's like uh, Terry from the Truth commercial. <laughs> <laughs> Gross. Uh, you can you can fuck her fucking larynx hole though if you wanted to. You just pop that little bad boy out and boom. Which which hole you want, honey? <laughs> <laughs> Do you want the vag hole or the throat <laughs> hole? Happy to pop out this device for you. Um, okay, so cool. So we both agree that the price point was seemed to be pretty on point. Um, Chris, text me your score. And let's Done. see where this bad boy lands. This is the Crown Heads 4Kicks Capo Especial. All right. I'm going to have to do a little bit of math on this. Hold on. Hold on. No, I know exactly where it lands. This is a secret society, so give us a minute while we go behind a closed door and talk amongst ourselves um, and come back to you and let you know what our verdict is. It'd be is. great if I could just black out the screen. on the- <laughs> Like, kill your camera. Kill your camera. <laughs> Hold on. There we go. Okay. All right. So what are you thinking? Do you think this is uh, worthy of a highly recommend? What are you thinking? <laughs> and I'm back. Um, <laughs> it lands right on the line of highly recommended. It is technically a highly recommended cigar, given both the scores averaged out to right on the line. Right on the right okay. Like literally on the dot. Okay. So this particular cigar, we say highly recommended overall score. Um, I think it's it makes sense to me. And I see why your experience differed from mine. And and it's it's good to kind of just articulate that to the audience is like if you know the the difference in smoking styles for this particular sample smoke between the both of us, I think it's something to say is like you're you're likely to get vastly different experiences to be based upon how you actually smoke the cigar. Mm-hmm. And if you want the richness of it, and you want that complexity, and you want the aromatics, and you want the the senses on high alert, there's a certain way you're gonna have to smoke this, which you don't have to do in every cigar. There's some cigars that I really hate on the retrohale. There's some cigars that are overwhelming on the retrohale. This one, to me, is super easy. It's super light. And it's, again, like that those woody tones and the earthiness. And there's that slight, slight sweetness I think you get from that Sumatran wrapper. It just hits on just all cylinders. So differences in smoking style, um, maybe in particular on this cigar. But overall, a great Crown Heads release. Um not the best one of 2020. I think we would agree on there's some real hitters. That's what I said. You know, we, we talked about this earlier as far as like I, a couple, you know, it's weird. I got, I got, not that I got backlash, but I'd like, a, I actually had three different brands reach out because there was a point in time where I said, um, is like, is crown heads the only one releasing cigars in 2020? What the fuck's going on? And then I actually <laughs> got responses to three different manufacturers and not small ones either. They were like, what the fuck? Like, We've released multiple things over the course of the year. And I'm like, have you though? <laughs> like, <laughs> like this, have you? I don't know. Um, agree to disagree. But it's just like, you know, when you put it all out there and you're releasing new cigars, 
and you're 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 exploring different things and i love the idea of bringing something back that was originally created in 2011 and bring it to the marketplace despite the fact and i'm sure mike condor and, and john huber didn't say in 2011 that this was a bad cigar they just preferred one over the other so to come back and say hey the second on the list the one that was least preferred we're going to bring into the market and for it to still be good it's like that's true. One, you got to say hats off to EP Korea, but also hats off to Crown Heads for like bringing that back. Like, take that from that initial thought process from 2011, and and rewinding back almost fucking ten years, dude. That's what's crazy about it. this is nine years ago, and then you're bringing this thing back that you certainly had a remembrance of, and like boom hits the marketplace in 2020 with all the confidence in the world and a. A great smoking experience at that. It's like, how can you not tip your hat to EP Korea and Crown Heads for saying, like, let's just fucking put this bad boy out there? I think it was a great release. It was a little overshadowed by a lot of other stuff that came out this year. And yeah. by a little overshadowed, I mean a lot overshadowed. Um, but I love seeing this cigar on shelves. Like, there's no there's no Crown Heads humidors that I know around here that don't have these stocked, which I think is awesome. And, and to yeah. me, it's like... After today, it's like I I can't wait to smoke it again. I thought it was that good. Yeah, I got to give Crown Heads also like kudos for being one of the forerunners in the industry to like constantly push new products. Yeah, yeah. from multiple places, like to continue yeah. to explore. It's weird because a lot of what this industry reminds me of is like if it ain't if it ain't broken, why fix it? Where one of the things I always appreciate about Crown Heads is like, well, we want to explore other stuff and we want to explore other factories and we want to explore other blends and we want to explore other opportunities. We want to explore other special edition stuff and different tactics in the industry and different strategies and see what's sticking. Not all of them stick. Not all of them are great, but that's what I fucking love about it. That's I think that's what makes a great company a great company is like you're more often going to fail than you're going to succeed, but you take those failures and those opportunities to be better and Crown Heads, not only with the release of their cigars, but what they are as a brand, continues to do that. It's like, it's this great evolution of a brand over time that just gains more notoriety because it's a, honestly an organization that's willing to take a risk and willing to take chances where a lot of them are like, this is how we've been doing it since blah, 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 and we're going to keep doing it the same way. And it's just like, all right, boomer, enjoy it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, we'll see how far that gets you. So I, I don't know. I love the innovation and, and I love just the continual exploration. There's no other brand, honestly. And this isn't a fucking dick rider thing. And this is, it has nothing to do with like um, relationship or anything like that. But it's like, I genuinely get fucking hyped, hyped to no degree when crown heads releases something new, even if I don't like it. And there's, there's times where I'm like, yep, that was a miss for me. And it happens. But I still get excited about the release because I know it's something that's just going to be dynamically different from anything else. And that I appreciate that to no end. That kind of exploration and just putting it all out there I think is awesome because a lot of people go into safe mode a lot of times when they're producing stuff. And it's just like to me that's just – I don't even want to say it's the easy way to do it. It's just kind of like the safe way of doing it. So, Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Anywho, I felt good about that last – felt like I gave a lot of energy on that last fucking Yeah, I didn't even want to say seconds. anything. I just kind of like wanted you to stay. It felt good. You know, up on the really podium. And, and I'll just be like, like. I'll be honest. I owe it to this guy. That uh, man? I owe it to that man. Uh, is that Giuliani? No, that is not fucking. What Giuliani? What the fuck? 
Is that Mary Giovanni? Oh, I'm, I want to fucking crush your throat right now. <laughs> if I could Darth Vader you right now and just crush your skull, <laughs> I would do it. That's James Gandolfini, you fuck. Uh, Looks well, nothing like it. Why would I have a poster of Ru- Rudy Giuliani? <laughs> you know who my favorite mayor is? Rudy Giuliani. So I got a fucking poster of him. Now, does Rudy Giuliani smoke cigars? He does. Yes. And could I get a poster of him? Absolutely. Does he kind of look like James Gandolfini in the light and the shadows? A little bit. <laughs> a little bit. Kind of. They're both bald-headed, so I can, I'm can. i going to give you a pass. But it's 100% James Gandolfini, you fuck. That is Tony goddamn Soprano right there. What are you thinking? <laughs> Rudy Giuliani, you fu- Rudy Giuliani spent his entire time breaking the mob and the mafia, while this guy spent his entire time building it. That's true. God That's very damn true. it, Chris. Ugh. If there's anyone that I could be minus the high cholesterol and the fucked up family, it would be Tony Soprano. If I could be that person, <laughs> I'd be that person in a heartbeat. It'd be the coolest fucking job ever. Breaking people's fucking hands when they only owe you like 30 bucks. <laughs> this, exactly. is the best, this is the best thing about this show. The guy's like a fucking multimillionaire. Someone owes him like 100 bucks and he goes and fucking has someone smash their pinky. It's like, we saw you, um, we saw you took one of those packs of Orbit's gums from our delivery. It's kind of what the, it's kind of, it's like, it's funny because there's so many of those learning lessons in the show. Just like, it's the principle of the matter. It's not that you cost yeah. me anything, it's just yeah. the principle of it. And for that, I'm going to smash your fucking head. You think that pack of Orbit's gums was yours just because you're delivering it? <laughs> you think that's payment? That's for our client, you piece of shit. Put your goddamn hands on the table. Smash with a ball-peen hammer, man. Yeah. Over Orbit's gum. Which, by the way, I know you're into like weird, shitty anime shows. Um, mm-hmm. But if you ever actually want to watch a big boy show, watch The Sopranos. Mm-hmm. Do yourself a favor. <laughs> Do yourself a favor. You want to learn life lessons, watch The Surprise. I'm actually, I've watched it twice all the way through. I think I'm going to start, I'm going to start the third time soon because it's on Hulu right now. I got rid of HBO, but it's on yeah. Hulu. And I'm like, I, I think I got to start Sopranos over again because there's just the amount, the lack of material right now on fucking streaming platforms is atrocious. Yeah, like, it's a little rough. I'm watching Fargo, the season with um, Chris Rock. It's actually pretty good. It's actually really good, but it's like I got to wait for the episodes to release like one week after another. I think I have two that I got to catch up on. It's like the only show I'm really into right now. That's it. Like I need to go back. I need to go back into the archives and just do Sopranos for the third time. It is my all-time favorite show, that and The Wire. Sopranos is better from season to season in my opinion. The Wire has kind of ups and downs, but dude, I'm telling you, Chris, you know what? You know, don't watch The Sopranos. Just don't. It's not for you. It's just not for you. Yeah, probably not. Just watch, watch your mindless shows. <laughs> <laughs> watch the shows you don't have to think about. And you'll be That's good. true. Do you watch Queen's well, Gambit yet? I have to read yet? subtitles. So my, my reading comprehension is going up. There's, um, there's a subtitle show that I'm watching right now. Um, oh, what is it called? It's a weird name. I just started. It's actually a movie. I don't mind subtitles. I like subtitles more than I like dubbed over. If it's dubbed over, I won't watch it. Subtitles I'll watch. Movies where yeah. they're like someone speaking in German, they try to make it English. It's like, I'm yeah. out. No, nope, yeah. I can't do that shit. But subtitles are fine. Anyway, 
let's conclude this episode. I'm getting hungry. I got some fucking honey baked ham downstairs. Call my name. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. All right. Well, hey, enjoy your origami. Enjoy your paper airplanes. I'm hoping by next episode you've honed your craft even further and we'll see bright colors and maybe <laughs> you can even demonstrate one to us in full flight. Sure. I'm really hoping we're alive by then you because I'm a little worried about Kappa Beta Pi. Yeah, I know. We may done fucked up. <laughs> we may have fucked up. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's going to be... Uh, they may come back to bite us in the ass. They're listening right now. We're, we are connected to Zoom, so they probably, like the NSA is probably like their national security protection. Yeah, I know. We're all going to get fucked. Yeah, um, anyway, probably. all right, let's conclude the episode. This was episode 175, kind of a milestone episode. Or 25 yeah. episodes. We're like half a year away from 200, which is really weird when you think about it because it's like 200's a lot. It is a lot. Should we stop at 200? Should we just not do it past this? Should we just go to 200 and just be like, we're done? That's like having almost, we're like 100 short of having a year's worth of episodes that someone could watch every day. Every day. I know. That's they crazy. could listen to one episode a day for an, almost an entire year. That's really weird to think about. It's really strange. Yeah. It's a lot of episodes. Yeah. It's a lot. It's like, how do we keep doing this, you know? The good thing is, is people keep producing cigars, so if that ever ceases to exist, we're fucked. Makes it easy at that point. Uh, yeah, we just have to, uh, we just have to start another podcast. I think at that point, we should do something That's completely true. different. That's probably likely yeah. what would happen. So, all right, let's end it now. This concludes episode one seventy five. We'll be back at you next week with episode one seventy six. See ya. Bye. Thanks, everybody, for listening to this episode of the podcast. We greatly appreciate it. Let me tell you how you can get a hold of us. You can get a hold of myself at the Hot Ticket Pod on Instagram. You can get a hold of Chris at Hot Ticket Chris on Instagram as well. You can find this podcast. It is available all over the place. You can find it on Apple Music, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and more. And you can find the podcast available on video on YouTube. Look up the Hot Ticket Weekly on YouTube, and you can watch all the fun happen before your eyes thanks everybody for listening to this episode and as always please subscribe rate and review on itunes if you could and check out our show sponsor my cigar pack at www.mycigarpack.com again thanks for listening we'll be back at you next week